The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I've kind of consistently tried to say to myself is the idea of use your diabetes as a reason to do something, not an excuse to avoid something. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we are back, 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 back for another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining Graham as well. I always think of when I'm introducing the podcast after pressing record, I haven't listened to the intro that goes, and I'm always like, am I, am I matching the energy that occurs with the, uh, or the energy that's felt in the introduction? Probably not, but welcome back. I'm so happy with that music because when we were setting up the podcast, like, it could have been anything. Do you know what I mean? It could have been absolutely anything. We had to get music that was not copyrighted or we paid some money to have the, have the rights to it to put it on the podcast. And I remember when I came across it and I sent it to you, just like we knew, you know, this is it. This is it just perfect. felt right. I just I knew that was the one. This is the one. But I'm always conscious of that anytime, anytime I press record. I'm always like, match the energy, match the energy. But look, we're here. That's the main thing. You're coming off the back of you saying, let's get stuck into this episode. Because that's all pre-recorded in a in a block already pre-made. And then you're coming off the back of it. So you've got to give it welly. And then it slowly fades out. Mm. And then we bring it back in for the end. Then well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finish strong. Finish What's strong. What's the crack, Ryan? What's happening? Crack is good. I'm, I'm actually in a very weird position. I'm actually going to be a guest on a podcast in about an hour. So uh, we're recording the Insulone podcast and then I'm a guest on, uh, it's called Young Irish Podcast, which is great to be asked onto a podcast referencing the fact that I'm young because I feel very, say. feel very old at 30. Now, maybe it's the person who is the host is the young person. <laughs> I'm yet to know Alex Rowley and his past. So I'm looking forward to finding out. Well, what's that. the podcast about? Do you know what you're talking about? Well, Nathan is on it too, the fellow I do my radio show with. So uh, he's kind of mm. looked after it all. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm free. I'm free at seven. So it's grand. Speaking of radio, I believe you won an award relatively recently. Yes, won a uh, Imro Radio Award. 
on Friday last. Yeah, so we won one award this year. We were nominated for five. Uh, our station also won Station of the Year. So maybe you could say we won two awards, really, because the station was the best music station in Ireland to spin. So, yeah, we were delighted. Nice little night. Unfortunately, it was still kind of virtual, so we could only gather in small groups as opposed to the big usual piss-up you have in a hotel in, in, <laughs> in the centre yeah. of Ireland. But, no, hopefully those days will be back soon. So, uh, yeah. Well, congrats. Don't get too big for your boots oh, on this no, podcast. No, no don't, don't Know where your roots are from. There's one man who will make sure that won't happen, and his name <laughs> is Owen Costello. Less about exactly. me, though. This is the Insulone podcast. Tell me about you. How's your week been? Do you know the week has been good? Very good. And I'm in a great mood today because just by chance, three clients last week or this week, technically this week, well, they got them back last week. Three just at the same time got their A1C test results back and drastically lowered, which is fantastic news. Excellent. Hyped over that. Really in a good mood because of it. So it feels good when people get those results. How often do people get their A1C checked? <laughs> Ideally, it's supposed to be three-ish months. Yeah. That's that's the gold standard. But rarely you'll get it done in three months. Usually, I suppose, six-ish months. Okay. But a lot of that has been complicated since COVID because a lot of people haven't been going into hospitals and that kind of thing. So I've been speaking to people who haven't got blood tests in like a year, year and a half which probably isn't good. But look, as long as we're managing things day to day, that's that's the most important. And diabetic services in general, are you hearing that they have all been affected by COVID in Ireland and kind of from clients around the world? Or what's the general vibe? From what I have heard, yeah. Because obviously they're so much more strict about people going in and out of hospitals and contact tracing and all this kind of thing. A lot of people that I have spoken to have said that they now don't have or didn't have the ability to go in and out as much as they might have liked yeah. to get guidance or support that's there in the hospitals. But it's all part and parcel of the virus, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's having a huge impact on everything, not just mm. in coronavirus. But let's move on. This is another episode based off your emails. You contact the show. You set the narrative as to what Owen and I talk about. And it is episode number 85. We've got three great emails here to read. If you want to send an email, just tell us a story about yourself. Tell us a story about something that happened to you or maybe ask Owen a question. You can get it at the podcast at gmail.com. The link is in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. Shall we get into it? Because the first one is a meaty one. I'm looking forward to it. I always love these episodes because I feel as if it's a conversation between us two and whoever's listening. Yeah. So they're always really nice. And also just to point out, I haven't read these emails. Yeah. So you might catch me on the spot with a couple of these. So I'm excited. Let's go. First one from Andrew Mailer. And the subject is Diabetic Nightmare in Paradise. It sounds like a horror movie. Um, Here you go. Already <laughs> Strap yourself in. hooked in. Andrew goes, Owen and Graham, I want to start off by thanking you guys for everything you do for the diabetic community. This podcast has helped me learn a ton about this disease that I live with every day and each episode provides me with a new outlook on type 1 diabetes. My name is Andrew Mailer. I'm 20 years old and I currently live in Connecticut in the USA. 
I've been living with type 1 diabetes for almost three years now. I was diagnosed just three days before my 18th birthday. The date was October 5th, 2018. I was out playing soccer all night with my friends and I nearly passed out when I got home. I was rushed to hospital as I was going into DKA. The next three days would be the worst few days of my life and my whole life was turned upside down when I found out I had type 1 diabetes. Mm. The next three years were full of highs and lows as I went from not knowing a single thing about the disease to having great management of my diabetes. I definitely had some bad moments during these three years, but I've learned to keep a strong mindset and use diabetes as a source of motivation instead of a reason to quit. Love it. It's also, I had a feeling you would when I was reading this earlier. (laughs) (laughs) It's also important to understand that not every single day will be perfect living with type 1 diabetes, but we have to try to limit the number of bad days that we have with the condition. My quality of life has improved for the best with type 1 diabetes, as I am now taking better care of my health and nutrition. I just got my dream internship at a top four accounting firm, and I have been able to travel to places I never thought imaginable. I'm getting motivated listening to this. <laughs> Andrew's a good guy. Last August, I was able to climb Mount Washington, the highest point in the northeast of the United States, and my diabetes didn't stop me doing the eight-hour hike. This past June, I was able to travel to Hawaii for the first time ever. The trip was an amazing experience, but I was constantly struggling with my diabetes management throughout the whole trip. I'm still unable to completely understand why this happened. I'm guessing the six-hour difference in time zones could have been a factor. My numbers would always skyrocket in my sleep regardless of what I did before I fell asleep, and this would lead to a bad start with my management for the next day. Owen, I'm wondering if you've had any similar experiences like this while traveling. Type 1 diabetes has taught me many life lessons in the short amount of time that I've lived with the disease. I always take the time to reflect on how diabetes has improved my quality of life. I would say the number one reason is that it gives me a source of motivation to succeed and overcome any obstacles that I face in life. Yet again, I want to thank Owen, Graham, and all of the other guests on the podcast for helping me learn and achieve better diabetes management through these episodes. I can't wait to see what the future holds for the Insulin Podcast best Andrew Mailer. Now, Owen, if that whoa, is not whoa, 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 whoa. an that American 20-year-old incarnation of Owen Costello, I don't know who is. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. What's that your such a good email. What's your initial reaction to that? My initial reaction is I almost don't know how to react because there's so many different points in that that I want to try and unpack and yeah. and and cover, but Firstly, as always, Andrew, thanks so much for reaching out. And it always means a lot to hear that people listen to the podcast around the world and benefit from it. So I appreciate that, first of all. Secondly, happy birthday, because your birthday was obviously only a few days ago. Because he said it was what? Three days after his diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 now. 21. You can start drinking. Now the fun starts. (laughs) Where do I start? What an amazing email. I suppose where I would start is where I kind of jumped in and said, I love it because Andrew says he used it or uses it as a source of motivation rather than a reason to quit. And that's something that we always say on the podcast and something that I've kind of consistently tried to say to myself is the idea of use your diabetes as a reason to do something, not an excuse to avoid something. And Andrew quite literally lives by that because he's going traveling, staying active, 
obviously got a dream internship with some big accounting firm. So life's good for him, obviously. And another thing that jumped out at me was he said his quality of life improved as he's now taking better care of his health. And that's something that kind of consistently seems to echo through these episodes of the podcast and a lot of the guests that we have on is is the idea of, look, of course, having diabetes is not a healthy thing to have, but when you're diagnosed and when so many people that I've spoken to, including myself, have been diagnosed, it's now that incentive to really look after your health because it's like, <gasps> whoa, I was dealt this unexpected card, thought I was healthy, thought I was invincible to a certain extent, and now flick of a switch, I need to look after things. Mm-hmm. And that sudden realization often leads to you prioritizing your health more, which in my opinion is a very, very, very good thing. Ting? Thing. <laughs> Ting. Ting. The Irish coming out on you. Yeah, exactly. He also said, and one of the, I think the, the question that he asked was when he went to Hawaii, what was it, Graham? He went to Hawaii yeah. in his so boat's the- Issue was he couldn't figure out why he was struggling with his management in Hawaii. He was wondering, has it got anything to do with the different time zones? So I presume from all your travels around the world, you've done a bit of traveling yourself over the last decade. Did you struggle with different time zones? Yeah. when And when you read that, what jumped out at me was when I initially, I can't even speak today, when I initially moved to New York because there's obviously a change in time zones there. And if I can remember correctly, was kind of going through a phase of being hit by the dawn phenomenon where my blood would spike in the morning because the dawn phenomenon, your body is naturally releasing glucose, therefore your blood spike. Very simplified version. But (laughs) the time change led to my blood sugar spiking the same way, but at a different time. So let's say before I went and in Ireland, I was waking up at 7 a.m. And because I was getting the dawn phenomenon leading up to 7 a.m. and thereafter, when the time zone changed, I was getting the same spike, but it was at 2 a.m. or whatever the time difference is. I think it's five hours. So... I'm not saying that's what Andrew experienced, but I remember that's what was happening to me. It was basically the same spike, but happening at a different time. And I was thinking, why the hell is my blood sugar spiking at 2 a.m.? But I wasn't fully sure because I didn't have a CGM at that time. But I remember pricking my finger during the night and it was spiking a lot earlier than I had been used to in Ireland. Mm. Now, I don't know for sure if that's exactly what it was but it, 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 makes, it makes sense. sense it does make sense and for you I presume you got to a stage where your body just adjusted to the time but it must be frustrating when you're on holidays and you're there somewhere maybe there for a weekend or a week <laughs> yeah. and you're like fuck's sake come on please <laughs> yeah, give me a stop. break I'm on my holidays I, uh, give, me, give me a break unfortunately you don't get holidays from diabetes it follows you around you have to pack it in a suitcase as well absolutely there was another thing that Andrew said that jumped out at me and he said, if I remember correctly, something about it gives him a source of motivation to succeed and overcome any obstacle that he faces or something along those lines, wasn't it? Yes. Where was it? It gives me the source of motivation of, yeah, that's exactly, I would say the number one reason is that it gives me 
a source of motivation to succeed and overcome any obstacles that I face in life. I presume that's kind of like when you ask the guests, what would you thank diabetes for? And he Mm. answers it in his final paragraph. Yeah, and I love that because even from my own experience, what I feel even personally so passionate about is the idea of how diabetes is just consistently a test for you. Every time you wake up, your diabetes is going to test you. That's just a fact. And when I always talk about objectively analyzing your blood sugar rather than reacting emotionally to them, that's kind of practice for you. Because in my opinion, diabetes is like a daily test of our patients and of our ability to deal with certain emotions like frustration, anger, sadness, these seemingly negative emotions that we can feel so often with diabetes. It's just like boom, 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 boom every day. You don't get a break. But because we're kind of being tested by that all the time, for me anyway, and I know a lot of people listening will feel the same, it just makes your skin thicker because you're dealing with this crap all the time you become more patient, you can deal better with these things. And then as a result, that trickles into other parts of your life where maybe you don't get as frustrated at something. Maybe you don't get as upset about something. Maybe you don't get as angry at something. And you have a lot more patience, but we still get impatient. Now, even myself, and I'm not diabetic, but from Mm, listening to... Not yet. Not yet. But from listening to everyone and... Patience is a massive one that comes out a lot. And I even think that I've become more patient because I've heard so many stories about people in diabetes and what they have to go through when it's real kind of, it's an invisible illness as well. So the fact that you don't know what's going on in somebody's life was a big thing that I've taken from listening to uh, some of the episodes as well. So kind of give people a break the odd time. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do get very... You are perfect, Graham. Narky at times. (laughs) But... And I think even just now, as we're talking about it, Graham, I'd love to even do a full episode about the importance of patience, because it's such a vital word in almost every aspect of managing your diabetes. And so much of it day to day with you keeping your bloods where you want to keep them will come down to you being patient, patient with your insulin, patient with your food, patient with your reaction to things patient with just loads of stuff. Let's do an episode on that. I've taken a note. I've taken a okay. note. We'll do, we'll do a full episode <laughs> yeah. soon. Andrew, gentlemen. Thank you, Andrew. Lovely really appreciate it. And best of luck to you, Andrew. I know you said you can't wait to see what the future holds for the Insulone podcast. Can't wait to see what the future holds for Andrew because he's doing that dream internship as we speak. Yeah. And also he climbed Mount Washington. So I presume he's the type of person who does these type of things regularly. Let us know. Let us know. This is a community here on the Insulone podcast. We want to hear your stories. Let's move Absolutely. on to number two, Vanessa Paxton. And Vanessa says, hi there, in her subject line. And the email goes, hi, Owen and Graham. Vanessa here from Malaysia. I'm 26 and was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about slightly more than a month ago. I've come across your podcast and I've been listening every day from episode one. I'm currently on episode 35 and would like to thank you for educating me so much in diabetes as I'm still brand new to the club. Ha ha. (laughs) Also, 
I wanted to ask if I'm able to get the AAA guide you talked about on episode 35. I know it's been a long time since you mentioned it, so I can't find it online. Do let me know and keep up the amazing work. Thank you again. All the best from Vanessa. So, Owen. These emails just get better and better and better. People listening and binging the podcast, which is always really nice to hear. But firstly, I'm sorry that you were diagnosed so recently. But as you say yourself, you've joined the club. Welcome to the club. And more specifically, welcome to the Insulone Podcast Club. Which is, yeah, <laughs> which is a good, a good one to be involved with. Club. I'm delighted again to hear that you're enjoying the podcast. You're getting a lot out of it. And I think that's an important part of even just the initial few months of being diagnosed is consuming as much information as possible. Because as I've said a million times before, the more that we know about our diabetes, inevitably the easier things will be to manage. And you asked about the AAA guide. So the AAA guide is awareness, anticipation, action. Those three A's that I've spoken about on the podcast before. If you haven't listened to the episode, definitely go back and listen to it. It's a good one. It'll help you. And you can download it directly from my link tree. So if you go to the description of this episode of the podcast, you'll see a link below that'll take you to a load of my links. It's like Instagram website, the podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't speak today, but anyway, we'll keep keep going. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll see a button there where you can download the free AAA guide. Perfect. So. It's a good read and you'll benefit from it. So give it an L read. And, and not look, just Vanessa, not just Vanessa. Anyone can do that. Download it. Do you know what? Pause this episode right now. Go to, go to the description, download it. And that's your nighttime reading today. It'll give you nice dreams and you'll, you'll have these diabetes awareness dreams. But anyway, look, she's Vanessa is just recently diagnosed. I can't leave the email without offering my advice for a newly diagnosed so what i would offer to somebody who is newly diagnosed would be like we were just talking about graham be patient with yourself and your management it's a very serious life adjustment being diagnosed with type one there's a lot to take on things won't be perfect things probably never will be perfect as we all know but be patient with your highs, be patient with your lows. You're not going to get everything right straight away. So give yourself that freedom to make mistakes. I would also say, again, consume as much information as possible. Read articles, blogs, go on Instagram, Facebook, listen to podcasts, which you're already doing, which is good. And number three would be consume information about your own results. And what I mean by that is, Try to get an idea of how different things are affecting your blood sugar. How is this type of food affecting me? How is this type of exercise affecting me? How is this amount of water, dehydration, stress? Try and take something from anything that happens to you. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming. But if you get a small little nugget of information from at least one thing a day, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Vanessa. <clears throat> Thank you, Vanessa.
if you thought uh, Vanessa's listening to 35 episodes over a period of time is good, wait till episode number three. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, email number three. It's contagious. I can't talk now. <laughs> here we go. From Amy. <laughs> on a nightmare here. <laughs> Amy Doran. Help. I'm in diabetic limbo. Was that Siri? Hold on. Sorry. What was that? You said help. <laughs> you... It's what Siri's saying. Because I think you said help. So I think. Mm. Well, I do it again and see. Nightmare on Wikipedia came up. Well, I go help again and see what happens. Yeah, go on. Help. No, nothing. Weird. I actually read it wrong. It's help. I'm a diabetic in limbo. <laughs> Sli- slightly different. Just a little tweak okay. of the words are mixed around a little bit. But we got there, Amy. Here we go. Amy says, I was binging through your amazing Insulone podcast for the first time. Got through 22 episodes yesterday. In a day. What? So listen, so on average, on average, one of our episodes are about half an hour, 35 minutes. Some are more, some are less. So Amy listened to it for, we'll say 11 hours. (laughs) Oh my God, that's absolutely unreal. Amy, I love you. That's amazing. uh, (laughs) You're probably so sick of hearing us talk. Oh my God. I can't, like... I struggle to even listen back to these episodes because I, <laughs> I almost want to punch myself. <laughs> uh, got through 22 episodes yesterday as I'm a newly diagnosed diabetic. Mm. I found a ridiculous amount of similarities between me and your friend Danny. Danny Gallagher, one of the first guests we had on, you, you uh, went to college with him. One of yeah. my favorite episodes. Amy goes on. I'm 27. Went to the doctor for a UTI infection where my glucose readings came up high. Been to St. Michael's in Dunleary. And I'd signed up to do the Gale Force 10K in Bray. And I work in graphics. A lot mm. of similarities there. Indeed. But, but I'm a bit of an oddball. And I was trying to find someone like me with a similar story. I had no symptoms and no ketones in my initial glucose test, even though it was 26.2. In another test, they found ketones, but I don't have a car yet. So by the time I got back to my doctor to get a referral and then to A&E, I went down to 78 And lo and behold, the ketones were gone. It took me a while to get into St. Michael's due to the recent cyber attack. Cheers, wizard spiders. Now, I got to explain wizard spider here now. So wizard spider were a group of Russian hackers who hacked the Irish health system, took all our information and then sold it on the dark web for people to try and get money out of us. To which I am receiving about two or three calls from hackers every single day trying to get my bank information. Do you get any of these on? I haven't had any of them. You serious? You got none? I don't think so, no. I get I get random message calls every single day going. Dear, still. It's an aut- I got one today, about two hours ago. And did it's, you give them the details? Yeah, yeah, I gave them all my details. <laughs> there wasn't much of my account for them to take <laughs> <Yeah>. out anyway. <laughs> so it'll be an automated response and go, hello, this is from the Department of Finance. Your account has been hacked and we need to contact you immediately. Please press one to speak to an operator and then you press one and then it's someone on the end then it's the hacker you get through and they're like now I've never pressed one so you're not supposed to press one mm. and they were like hi 
and they're like, oh, hello, who is this? I've heard people press one and see what happens. It's yeah. like, yeah, oh, we're from your bank. You've been hacked. Uh, you need to pay a thousand euro or it comes from the revenue as well saying you owe tax. If you don't owe tax, don't pay the tax, you're going to go to prison. And then they, they ask for a couple of grand and they hope people go, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. So they hacked the Irish health system. They took the information and phone numbers, sold the phone numbers to these other companies who then plague you with calls in the hope that you will then give your bank details over. Wow. And that's what I know you were still getting them. Yeah, yeah, still. And people in work are still getting them. Like this happened midsummer. Still. I remember them. when it happened, it affected loads of diabetics, including myself, and their ability to get their supplies because the HSE was like just they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So loads of information and files or whatever had been lost or, as you say, sold all this information. And they couldn't keep anything and online as well. Yeah. So they had to keep everyone's information on a pen and paper. I remember I went to the dentist and all the check-in details were handwritten, just in a notepad. They were like, who are you? <laughs> Owen Costello. And they didn't even know I had an appointment for the day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. If uh, if you don't know what... and the na- Sorry, and with the name of the hacking group were called Wizard Spider. Maybe just give them your bank details so they stop calling you. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm the one to sort <laughs> it all out. Once yeah. like they're only calling me and they go, once we get Graham O'Toole, <laughs> yeah. this is all over. <laughs> all you have to do, take one for the team. So I'll read it. So it took me a while to get into St. Michael's due to the recent cyber attack, but even they were unsure whether I, whether I was type one or type two. On one hand, my dad had type one and my uncle has type 1.5, LADA. Now, we've talked about LADA before, haven't we? Oh. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I hadn't lost weight, had no symptoms, and was responding to the metformin tablets, which my doctor put me on, to stop getting highs, although it was giving me lows in the middle of the day. Let me just briefly say, before you continue, Graham, sorry, LADA is yeah. latent autoimmune diabetes of adults, just okay. to be to clarify that. So it's basically, it's sometimes considered the in-between type one and type two it tends to develop more slowly than type one but because it can appear similar to type one and type two it can sometimes be misdiagnosed as type one or type two okay so to give you an example a a client that i had like about a year ago now i think he was told he had lada or lada for a number of months before being officially told that he was actually type one. God, it's mad. But anyway. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, yeah, it's, so yeah weird. it's a mad one. So they sent off blood tests. I was given info about diabetes and I was essentially in no man's land. Time would tell what form of diabetes I would have and I just hoped that I was running in the right direction when it came to managing it. I just got news last Friday that my GAD antibodies came back. My lovely nurse said the normal range is two to five while mine was 59 so it looks like type one. My main questions are, do you know anyone with a similar story to mine? Where an early type one or even someone with LADA was picked up by chance, how do you deal with being in limbo? And can you ask Danny what hip bag he had on his Helen ha- <laughs> 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 he had on his Helen back run? I'm pretty outdoorsy. I was planning on climbing Loch Nequilla with my boyfriend next month, but I'm still a bit weary and I don't really know how to prepare for a big hike now. 
what should I have on me? I have my first 10K in October and I don't want anything holding me back, especially diabetes. I would be so grateful for any advice. I'm off to binge another 22 episodes now. <laughs> and that is from Amy. That is a great email. Yeah, great email. Thank you, Amy. Thank you a lot. I always appreciate people listening. And particularly if you listen to 22 episodes mm-hmm. in one day, that's a frightening amount of episodes. So I really appreciate it. And like Andrew's email, there's a lot in that one. A lot to try and unpack. But I briefly touched on the later. I briefly touched on whether or not I knew someone who kind of had a similar story. The only one that I can think of is that ex-client that I had who sounds like we broke up, a client that I had previously who was misdiagnosed for, I think, a number of months before he was officially diagnosed as type one. So other than that, I couldn't really offer any more insight into that because I don't know anybody else. Asking Danny about his his hip bag for the hell and back race, I might put Danny in touch with you. What do you think, Graham? Hold on a second now. Does she mean, uh, I got mixed up. What? That's because I kind of laughed when I read hip bag. I thought she meant hip as in cool. And only when you (laughs) said it there, you mean hip as in a bag around your hip. No, but that would make sense because I've seen you with a hip bag. When have I worn a hip bag? Have I seen you with a hip bag before at festivals and stuff? No. I've worn a backpack. Would I not seen you in airports and stuff like that with a hip bag? No? I don't think so, no. I've nothing against hip bags. I just don't think I've ever had one. <laughs> His own hates hip bags. <laughs> Jeez, all right. I don't want to say. Do you, do you not have? Or maybe I'm getting mixed up then. I presume. So like, you thought like a fanny was, pack? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that's what I had assumed Amy meant. Yeah, no, but I, but I reading back now and hearing you talk about it, <laughs> no, she 100 percent didn't mean that. She meant hip, as in probably where to yeah. hold the, your diabetic yeah. stuff. <laughs> We're going off course here, Graham. Yeah. So a hip bag as in a bag, presumably to hold your diabetic supplies as, while you go for a run. Or, I'm, or just ima- I'm just imagining Amy driving around because I presume she's from Dublin and she just sees Danny walking with the, with a hip bag on his back. And she goes, saw Danny there uh, the last day around Dunleary, around Mike's. Could ask him where he got his hip bag? I think it was Jan Sport, <laughs> but it was really cool. Hip there you go. Maybe we should get a hip bag to sponsor the podcast. Yes, hip bags. If you're a hip bag, now you can be a bag around someone's hip. It actually is a good question because that's that's a very awkward part of exercising with diabetes, particularly if you're going for a run or going for a walk or a hike. Sometimes you're like, where, like, where do I put all of these things that I need to carry? My glucose, insulin, blood checkers. Anyway, I will ask that. I will ask Danny. <laughs> Stop, Graham. No, I'll tell you. Okay, ask Danny, and then the next podcast that we're on together. Yeah, can, that's what we'll do. We can. We'll ask Danny, it. Amy, what hip bag he used because I remember Danny reaching out to me when he was doing Helen Back, and Helen Back is kind of like a, I think it's a ten k obstacle course or an eight k yeah. obstacle course or something. Mm. And Danny had, I think, just recently been diagnosed, and he sent me a message, kind of asking how almost how to go about it. How should he? face this challenge and he got through it absolutely flew through it and he was more satisfied that he'd done it with diabetes than probably if he didn't have it which is always a nice thing so i will ask him about the hip bag the hip bag question has been dragged out a lot i apologize (laughs) but 
Another thing Amy asked was about how she would prepare for a hike. Mm-hmm. And long hikes and extended cardio sessions is always a difficult time or a difficult activity to plan for because the duration of it can complicate things, obviously. Because if you're hiking and walking all day, from my perspective anyway, it's greatly increasing the chances of my blood sugars just continuing to drop. So how I would personally go about planning for a long hike or a walk or a run or whatever it is would be three different ways. So the first one would be to do it completely fasted. Now, this is from my own perspective. So take what you think is valuable or relevant. So if I'm going for a run, I'll use a run as an example. I will do a run completely fasted. That means I've had no food. If I've had no food, it generally means I've had no fast-acting insulin. And because I have no fast-acting insulin on board, that greatly reduces the chance of my blood sugar rapidly dropping while I'm on my run. Now, that can depend on person to person because I know a lot of people that just can't train fasted or can't go for a walk even fasted. I personally don't have too much of an issue with it. So if I'm to do it fasted, it'll be first thing in the morning. A hike would obviously be longer. Another way that I would plan for something like that is to look at what I'm doing with my meal prior to the run or the walk or the hike. So if I know I'm doing some extended cardio exercise, I would likely reduce the amount of insulin that I'm taking with my meal prior to said exercise. So to give an example, if I'm having a meal before I go out for a run and it's 100 grams of carbs and I'm, let's say my insulin to carb ratio is 1 to 10, that means I typically require 10 units for that 100 grams of carbs. Because I know I'm going for a run, I will likely reduce that insulin by anywhere from 10 to 50%, depending on how long I think the run is going to be. Then the third way I would go about it is basically similar impact or, or similar effect to the previous one I've just spoken about, but it's to increase my carbohydrate intake prior to the exercise. So basically the same effect as reducing my insulin. But if I know that I'm eating more carbohydrate and not necessarily increasing my insulin dose to accommodate for that carbohydrate it's the same effect i'm I'm expecting and wanting my blood sugar to go that slight bit higher yeah so that during my exercise it levels itself out or doesn't drop so quickly if i was to take the same amount of insulin so that's before and i presume bring glucose tablets maybe lucasade absolutely sugary drink If you are leaving your house, it's important that you have your insulin, something to check your blood sugar, and something to treat a low blood sugar with. Anytime you leave your house. And then if you're going on a long hike, like Amy said she's planning on doing, make sure you have loads of things to treat a low blood sugar because you don't know how long you're going to be out for. You don't know what the weather is going to be like. You don't know what the intensity of the hike is going to be like. So it's important to always take way more than you think you might need just to be safe. So I would always bring glucose tablets, glucose drinks, and then 
probably a few protein bars, a few biscuits, those kind of things in a backpack or, or a hip, hip bag. bag. A hip hip bag. bag. <laughs> Just to make sure that you're always on the safe side doing something like that. Amy, we will sort out the hip bag conundrum. Don't you worry. If it's the last thing I do on this earth, we will figure out the hip bag from down. We were probably talking about that hip bag for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Should be the title of this I podcast. can guarantee you, anyone listening right now was listening to that hip bag incident and thinking, well, these lads are just sure. Nah, nah, nah. They're thinking, uh, it's marketing. They're thinking, I want <laughs> yeah. subliminal messaging. I need to get myself yeah. a hip bag. We're Someone's launching a new Insulon podcast hip bag product. Someone is going to buy a hip bag after listening to this podcast. Well, that's I'm true. telling you. Amy, thank you so much. Some fantastic emails in there. And if you want to contribute to the podcast, if you feel like you are part of the community, you are part of the Insulone Podcast Club, do let us know. What's the story with you? What's your story? The Insulone Podcast at gmail.com. You can click the link in the description below and you can also find links to all of Owen's stuff as well, including the three A's management. Don't get it wrong, Graham. Triple A guide. guide. Awareness, anticipation, and action. Get a read through it. I'm sure it will help you through your daily management of diabetes. <clears throat> oh, the there it is. Oh, no, there it I is. was wondering. We've done a couple episodes without my voice cracking. And I was thinking, have I got to that stage in my life now where it doesn't where it doesn't no, happen? No, 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 no. But sometimes my dad's voice cracks and he's older, obviously. So it's uh, it's in your genes. Older, not old. No, but no, anyway. Sure. Mature. Special thank you to Andrew, Vanessa, and Amy for the amazing emails today. I love getting them in. So we appreciate you. And as always, anyone listening, we appreciate you too. Like Graham said, if you have any questions or any stories or experiences you want to share with the podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out. We love getting them in. Until then, have a good day. Have a good week. Look after those blood sugars and we will chat to you soon. Take it easy. Look after those hip bags. Shut up, bro. <laughs> <laughs>